was a Bitcoin. What is up, Bitcoiners? I have an awesome and exciting interview for y'all. I got down with the CTO of Robinhood Crypto, Johan Kerbrat. He is a builder and an OG Bitcoiner. He's been in the space since early, early days, and he's been trying to build and incorporate Bitcoin into fintech for a long time. The man has built his own startups, and he has worked uh, at Uber. He has worked at um, at Airbnb, and he has done an enormous amount in terms of uh, working in payments and seeing what it's like to roll out serious, serious infrastructure across the globe. He is now at Robinhood leading the effort to improve and take Robinhood's crypto trading platform to the masses and making their Bitcoin wallet a reality. He has a lot of thoughts on what is happening in the Bitcoin and crypto sphere in general where Bitcoin fits into what is happening inside of Robinhood and what is happening globally. I think you all are going to get a lot of insight from this podcast. And I think you'll be pretty relieved that there are actual Bitcoin and crypto people working at Robinhood and building out their solution. Because let's face it, Robinhood has enormous amount of new money coming into the Bitcoin and crypto space. A lot of that money is coming in through Dogecoin. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that these customers are coming on in the most friendly way possible in a way that is good for them. So the fact that Robinhood is going to be rolling out withdrawals and enable people to take their own custody of their Bitcoin, and they're thinking about how to make that as palatable as possible for their customers, their audience, uh, I think that that is going to hopefully be a big win for Bitcoin. So without further ado, let's get into this podcast. Bitcoiners, I am across from uh, a man who you may or may not have heard of, but he is behind one of the most important Bitcoin and crypto wallets out there. It is Johan Kerbot, the CTO of Robinhood Crypto. Uh, Johan, welcome to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to, to be here today. So, Johan, um, you have a great history building at a lot of very successful companies, including Airbnb. I'm really interested in hearing a little bit more about your story kind of professionally and, you know, how you got into Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Yeah, that's a, that's a long question. Um, yeah, I think I, I got into crypto. So I'm French. That's why you're going to listen to, to a terrible French accent the entire time. Uh, but I, I got into crypto, yeah, about... 2009-2010, um, at the time there was this financial crisis um, in the US that I think impacted Europe quite, quite a lot. Um, and I think it took a lot longer to recover for, for, for the European countries than, than from the US. Um, and at the time, one of my roommate, roommate was Greek um, and his family was really impacted. And so at the time, I, I really wanted to understand what is this thing that is called money and why uh, does it have so much power on us? And that's right at the same time that, uh, you know, the, the white paper of Bitcoin started uh, to be published and broadcasted on, on every uh, IRC channel and everything. And so I started to look into it and I was like, oh, this is a solution to all our problems. 
Um, and so at the time I started to mine Bitcoin. Um, I was running my, my own full node as, as well because I wanted to contribute to, to the network and make sure that this network would be decentralized and, and work. Um, and then that's also at the same time that I started my, my career. So I, I built at the time of a very small startup um, before I went to college. Uh, we were building payment system and CMS for small to medium sized companies. Um, and because it was this crisis, a lot of time, you know, people were trying to set up bank account, but it was expensive. They had high fees on transaction, you know, Stripe was not that famous. I, I don't even know if they existed at the time, <laughs> um, but at this it was time, hard to do internet and commerce, you know, right, not exactly. that long ago. Exactly. And it's, it's so crazy to think nowadays because it's so easy to, to pay with your credit card every, every, everywhere, but at the time it was difficult. Um, and even today, to be honest, if you wanted to launch a e-commerce website and you want to sell, I don't know, tobacco product, you, you can't use Stripe for it. Um, and so that's when I started to build like the first kind of uh, crypto plugin that people could use into their e-commerce website. And so they could accept, uh, you know, Bitcoin and, and offer a transaction with it. Um, it wasn't super successful because a lot of people didn't really know what was Bitcoin, but we still had a lot of people using it and, and that was pretty cool to, to see. Um, and then when I, I moved to the US, I, I spent most of my career on payments, worked on, on small uh, startup at first, then I, I went to Airbnb. Um, at Airbnb, I really saw you know, how difficult it is to have a single payment system. Um, Airbnb is available in I think almost every country except three, I think, if, if I remember correctly. Um, and a lot of these countries host don't have a bank or they can't go to the bank easily. Um, and so it was very difficult to to build this one system that is plugged in, in every single country. Like, you know, the US, India, China, they have great payment system, but um, not everywhere else. Um, and so that's also something that made me think like, you know, there is something better out there. Um, and then I went to Uber, Uber, it was a similar system, right? Like, uh, people work shift or they, they were a driver, um, and they have to wait before getting the money, uh, because of the time that it takes to, to, to process and to send the transaction to a different bank account. Um, and that's kind of all this little information that I got from all this, uh, great company that made me think that, you know, we need to bring more people into the crypto world. Okay, so uh, you are actually, you know, kind of a Bitcoin OG getting into it very early on. Uh, did you ever try to, I mean, I guess it didn't necessarily make sense to pitch Bitcoin even up until now, like now we're seeing El Salvador and we're seeing, you know, use cases in Nigeria and we're seeing the Lightning Network with Bitcoin. Um, but like you as a big, you know, as a crypto enthusiast, a Bitcoiner, you know, at these companies working on payments, you know, what, what was that experience kind of like? And did you ever bring up Bitcoin as a potential solution or maybe a future solution? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really, unfortunately, talk about too much about that. But there was definitely a discussion around uh, a crypto at every single of this company. And there were people looking into it uh, all the time. I, I think that was always kind of a timing issues, um, you know, like, uh, in 2017, for example, when the, the bull run kind of stopped, everyone was like, oh, crypto is over now, so we don't need to invest in it anymore. Um, and so I, I think that was kind of always a timing problem. But 
Uh, I, I do think that, you know, what we're seeing today in El Salvador, the Lightning Network really taking off, um, I think a lot more companies are going to start looking into it and understand how much they can save in fees, in time, and in operational costs and, and start using crypto for real. Okay, so I guess I want to talk a little bit, you know, you you know, been through crypto and Bitcoin this entire time, you know, what has your mental model for this technology kind of, how has that changed and shifted, um, you know, throughout the journey? And, you know, maybe you can kind of, that can kind of bring us to now you're at Robinhood, really like actually building out their crypto product. They, I would say they've had a crypto product, but not really because it doesn't actually interact with any crypto uh, in, in, in a real way with the protocols, but um, for users. But um, yeah, I guess, tell me a little bit more about your Bitcoin journey in terms of, you know, you got here early, it was too early, you tried to build something, you know, you kind of did all these, you know, different startup jobs, and now you're, you're back to working on Bitcoin. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, one of my goal in life has been to, to bring more people into crypto. Um, I, I, I want adoption for, for crypto, not just for speculation, but also for, for use case. Um, you know, it used to be like two or three years ago, the only thing you will read in the news about crypto is how someone got rich quickly or they, they lost their hardware somewhere in, in, in the trash and they lost millions of dollars. That's, you know, that's one aspect of crypto. But for me, the real aspect of crypto is how do we bring, you know, millions of people that don't have bank or they don't have a way to, to even get a bank account uh, and we can bring them into the kind of, the internet world where they can receive and, and send payments. So that's really the, the exciting part for me. Um, and the, the reason why I joined Robinhood is I really felt like the, the ease to use product and the fact that Robinhood is really focused on, on their customers. And um, we, we are actually 100% focused on, on customers. We are not working with institution. We are not trying to do you know 20 million things. We are really focusing just on, on crypto for customers. And so, um, I really think that by having this simple product where we have a lot of uh, young people using it, um, we have a lot of diversi uh, diversification on our, user, on our customer base. And so I really think we can bring a lot of people into the, the crypto world. At first, they will you know, want to get exposure and trade crypto. But then you know, once we have wallets, they can start uh, going into the, the crypto world and they can start using it really and starting to understand like, why is crypto such a big thing? Um, so yeah, that's that's how I, I decided to join at Robinhood. Um, how my mentality changed? I think you know I started by being like a, kind of a Bitcoin maximalist. Um, I always really thought that you know new projects were kind of a scam and a way for people to to get rich quickly. Um, and then there was like a lot more projects that I actually started to, to look into and I, I got really interested. I think, you know, as Bitcoin continues to gain um, traction in the global economy, like institutions are coming in, uh, what you're seeing in El Salvador, more ways to spend. Um, I think it's, it's, it's been really interesting to see Bitcoin growing and also seeing like other assets uh, becoming to grow. And I think, at the time, I was maybe in the mindset like, you know, everything has to be Bitcoin. Uh, but now I think, you know, it's actually interesting to have so many projects starting and kind of bringing new use case and new um, ways of even using decentralization or privacy. 
Um, and so that's something that I, I've been really interested in in the past five, six years. I don't think we can build every use case that we are seeing in other layer ones um, by using layer twos. Um, you know, it will take time. It will create issues like trust issues, like Lightning Network took pretty long time to, to really develop and, and get traction. Um, so I think it's beneficial to see like all, all of this, um, I don't know, all, all of these people getting into crypto, creating new things, creating new product, creating new layer ones, new, new layer twos. Um, I, th I think it's very beneficial for the, the cryptocurrency world as, a, as one. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a much more, you know, Bitcoin only audience here at yeah. Bitcoin Magazine. <laughs> but with that being said, you know, my personal, my personal thesis is that all of this is Bitcoin. Um, right. I don't, and uh, I, I think from an investment perspective, like 21 million is money and that's where kind of the value ultimately kind of like land. But uh, I don't see like all the other stuff being built. I think all of it is interoperable Bitcoin, both as like an exchange pair. And then two, like they're all scrambling to create interoperability solutions. So like, I don't see any of this stuff as like really necessarily uh, not being part of the, like the open source crypto ecosystem. Um, but with that being said, you know, kind of curious where you see Bitcoin in, in kind of like the, the, the future ecosystem and you know is bitcoin money do other things compete with bitcoin as money i'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are along like that debate um i mean it's it's, it's a tough question to answer in, in one minute or two but i you know i, I think bitcoin are, as a rich a place that is going to be very hard to to move away from and i think what we're seeing with the lightning and and other solutions will help us move it just from like this idea of bitcoin gold but also like bitcoin money i guess like day-to-day -day money um but to me i i still want to encourage like the competition i i think if tomorrow you know all the other projects died and we were not pushing bitcoin to to make progress uh we will not be where we are today i think you know what happened at the time with uh, bitcoin cash um or like the block size i guess that was probably the, the bigger issue um that really pushed a lot of people to start thinking about other solutions and not just you know there's only one single way so i, I think the competition we're seeing with the other protocol is, is very interesting um and you know decentralization also means that you need to have a competition of ideas before you can select just one and decide that this is the, the right one so to me i think you can still you know, really believe in Bitcoin and still have some Ethereum because you're interested in, you know, NFTs or you want to do something with a smart contract that still makes total sense and you can still use Bitcoin as your main crypto. Gotcha. Um, no, I mean, again, uh, I think I think for the most part, we're pretty aligned here. And again, you've been in the space for a long time. So I, uh, I very much respect your, your opinion. So I want to get back to like, you know, Forgive me if, if you know, you, you disagree with this terminology, but, but making the Robinhood product into a real crypto product and building out an actual wallet. Can you, I'm curious what you can actually talk about. And I'm curious, you know, you know what that's looking like, because, you know, I, I do have a little bit of Bitcoin on, on Robinhood and I was planning on selling right. it, but now, you know, maybe I can withdraw it, right? That would be a, a much better situation. Yeah. So, you know, I think you, you mentioned something actually in the question before, like, that we were not interacting with uh, with the network, but actually we own the coins of all our customers. Like we, 
you know, I, I read crazy things on, on Reddit where we only have derivative or we, we don't really own Bitcoins or whatever. We, every time someone uh, make a purchase on Robinhood, we own these assets on, on the custody, uh, on our custody system. So basically the, 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 the reason why it took so long is we, we had to kind of make sure that we were building the system in, uh, with a mindset of safety first. Like it's one of our uh, core values at, at Robinhood. Um, and so, you know, a lot of users like you, they, they know what's a wallet. They know how to make transactions. They know how to, you know, uh, what, what even is a key to send the, the crypto to. Um, but we have a lot of users. They are the first time crypto customer. They, they never own anything before. They don't even know what's a public or a private key. Um, and so we really wanted to build a, an interface and a UI that is friendly enough um, and with enough education system that people can understand what they, they are supposed to do when they want to do a transfer on chain. Um, and the second part was really around security. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time really building, you know, the, the security in our system, not just on our custody system, which, you know, of course, very important, but also on the app. Like what we want to avoid is, you know, account takeover and we want to avoid people uh, losing their, their funds. Uh, because as you know, like, you know, as soon as it's on the chain, uh, we, we can get them back. So we, we spend a lot of time building a new MFA verification in app. Uh, so we know uh, when people are actually initiating a transfer. We have a lot of checks around, you know, making sure that this is your device. This is not someone uh, that stole the device from you or that managed to get in. Um, and so that's that was really like why it took us so long. Um, and then the, the second part is we want to make sure that we can scale correctly. Um, we, you know, we started in reverse order. Like we didn't start with wallet first and then uh, trading. We started with trading. Now we have a lot of users using it. Um, and so we want to make sure that when we start opening the wallets to everyone, uh, they will be able to, to use them without any, you know, bottleneck or any issue on our system. Um, and so for that, we, we kind of had the idea of building uh, with, um, with a mindset of opening to the public. Um, so we'll get uh, so some people, some beta tester with us. Um, they will try the products. They will give us feedback. We will also share the feedback with the community um, and really understanding like, you know, what were we missing? Um, what is complicated for, for a first time user to use? What is easier? Um, and, and then that way we can bring again, more people into the, the crypto world. All right, Bitcoiners, I want to tell you about our newest sponsor. This show is brought to you by Ledin.io. I have been super, super impressed with the guys over at Ledin. I've actually known the co-founders, Adam and Mauricio, for a very long time. I've had the pleasure to watch them build Ledin up from a tiny, tiny startup to now a super impressive institutional grade Bitcoin and crypto lender. Y'all. I'm so impressed with these guys. They are offering some of the best rates out there. I don't think anyone even comes close to touching them. You can get 6.1% APY on your first two Bitcoin that you deposit into Ledin interest accounts, and you can get 8.5% US on USDC deposits. I mean, I know all the competitors. They're not even close. If you're going to put your crypto and your Bitcoin into an interest account, Ledin is by far the best. And on top of that, like I said, these guys are hardcore Bitcoiners and they know the products and the services that Bitcoiners want and appreciate. They come up with B2X. It allows you to put your Bitcoin in, they leverage it up, and you can, with one click of the mouse, 
get twice the exposure to Bitcoin. So if you're super bullish, Ledin has you covered with a super, super easy way to get leverage with B2X. And then on top of that, they know that Bitcoiners care about your reserves. They know that Bitcoiners don't like under-reserved and not full-reserved financial institutions. So they are pushing the frontier in transparency in the digital asset lending space. And they are the first digital asset lender to do a full proof of reserves and proof of attestation through a Mariano LLC, a public accounting firm. So the letting guys, they know what Bitcoin is like. They are legit. I encourage you guys to check them out. Do your own research and go to ledin.io. That is L-E-D-N.io and learn more. No, I mean, again, uh, I appreciate you answering my kind of pointed questions here. Um, and I, I do agree that you have an enormous amount of newbie users, right? And it's you have to be very delicate because I can imagine your support queue, which is already probably unreal, would only go exponential, you know, if crypto withdrawals were there and people were sending Dogecoin to Bitcoin addresses and vice versa and making mistakes, you know, kind of mistakes that to, to Bitcoin people would be like, oh, don't do that. But to someone who is, you know, going from, you know, buying, uh, you know, S&P 500 to Bitcoin uh, and realizing that Bitcoin is actually a currency and not just a stock, like those are some pretty big leaps in, in kind of understanding. Yeah, that's all right. I think, you know, a lot of our customer base is very different from, from what we see on, on Twitter, on Reddit. And we... Like, again, the most important thing for me is to bring more people into the crypto world. So we want their first experience to be positive. Um, you know, anyone wants to try their hand at, at Bitcoin or Ethereum, like if tomorrow they lose all their funds because they made a mistake, they will probably not come back to, to the ecosystem again. So for, for us, it's very important to, to make sure that it's a good experience. Okay, um, so I'm kind of curious, um, outside of, you know, general UX improvements and designing the wallet and that kind of stuff, you mentioned education. Um, can you talk a little bit about, like, what kind of education and resources you're putting out for users? Is it, like, general, like, here's how a wallet works? Or is it, like, this is what Bitcoin is? This is what a DAP is? Like, like what yeah. extent of the re of information are you kind of providing folks? Yeah, we'll have a combination of, of everything, basically. Like, it's, it's, it will go from, you know, what is a network fee? What does it mean? Like, the, the first thing we want to make sure that people understand is a network fee doesn't go into Robinhood's pocket, right? And we, we actually are just paying the, the miners or the network. Um, there, are, there will be explanation also on our blog around, like, what is a wallet? What is the difference between non-custodial and custodial wallet? Um, you know, to your point, like what is Bitcoin? Why is Bitcoin different than Ethereum? Um, what is the difference between Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin? You know, like all, all this kind of stuff that for us, it's it's obvious because we've been here in the in the space for so long. But for, for some people, you know, the difference between Ethereum or, or Ethereum Classic is just like one word. Um, they, they don't really know what is the difference on the protocol. So we want to make sure that people understand that and then um, can learn uh, with us on on the different crypto uh, specific. Does Robinhood see itself as a crypto company at this point? Or, I mean, it started off as, you know, a brokerage app, maybe for millennials, but um, it sounds like, you know, the crypto portion of the business has really started to skyrocket. I'm just kind of curious, 
you know, is Robinhood just a completely, is it a crypto company now? Like what's kind of the, what's the official memo here? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's a funny question. Um, you know, I, I was always worried about joining a marketplace initially. I, to me, there's a lot more than just speculation on crypto. Um, but I, I think what's really interesting with Robinhood is that we, we kind of always put our, our user, our customer first, and that's really what attracted me. Um, and so our goal is to be a one-stop shop for all your investment slash financial needs. Um, so we want to do what's right for our customers. Um, and clearly, you know, in this market, if we are not offering crypto, we are not, we will not do what's right for our customer. Um, in Q2, you know, we saw a strong growth in crypto, but we also saw a very strong growth in, um, in Q2 among uh, women investors, for example. We also saw IPO access uh, that gives customers an opportunity to invest in companies uh, at their IPO price. Um, so we saw a growth on a lot of on a lot of things, not just crypto. Um, but yeah, we we are definitely trying to innovate. You know, I think to me we are on day one. You know, to your point, we we are only going to launch wallet just now. So we really need to start thinking about the long term. Um, so for that reason, we grew the entire team. A lot. Um, I the, the the engineering team grew by six x um, in the past few months, and we are still hiring. By the way, so if anyone who is listening uh, wants to join the engineering team, please reach out. Um, and yeah, I think you know for us, it's it's really the, the beginning. We we still have a long road to go, but I think we we see ourselves as an investment company, not just a crypto company or not just an equities company. Uh, I, I like that answer a lot. And I mean, to be honest, I think that Robinhood is a very misunderstood company. You know, people like to look at Robinhood investors in a bad way. Uh, and I just think that that's completely unfair. You know, we live in a world where um, monetary uncertainty is, you know, high, uncertainty is high. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of dollars are being, you know, inflated. And, you know, people need assets that they can store value in. And I think, you know, Robinhood, like you said, in terms of like focusing on their customers, giving them those like that ability has been the tip of that spear by a long shot. So I think that Robinhood is very important and just giving the average person, you know, access to to a lot of stuff that they've never had access before, you know, let alone, you know, Bitcoin and now hopefully a Bitcoin wallet soon. Um, so, you know, again, I'm sure that there's fair criticism, but I would definitely say that generally speaking, I think, uh, you know, I, I definitely can see the customer focus and the investment company focus for sure, it's, you know, as a customer and as a, just a spectator. Uh, we, we appreciate these kind of comments for sure. I think, you know, to, to us, it's really the most important part is uh, when you look at some of our numbers, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like 50% of our customer are, are first time investors. Uh, it, it's not, you know, these people were doing something else before and they just moved to different platforms. They were never investing before and they actually started to invest because maybe we made the, the system easier or it's more accessible or it's easier to, to understand. Um, but to to us, it's really the, the part that is interesting is like removing the barriers to finance. Um, and on, on the crypto side, it's removing the, the barrier to crypto. Like, uh, in, in my opinion, crypto was made by, you know, tech people, for tech people. Like we, 
we never really thought about user experience or, or user interface in the past. Um, and so Robinhood, by making it so easy for someone to, to buy a Dogecoin or to buy a Bitcoin, um, that's really going to change things quite, quite a lot. Are you going to roll out the wallets um, all at the same time, or is it going to be like Bitcoin first, then Ethereum? I'm 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 very skeptical how many Dogecoin users actually are going to want to withdraw. Um, yeah, we'll roll out uh, probably most of the coin at the same time, but we have a wait list uh, system, and so we'll roll out uh, user by, by user, like probably like you know to to avoid like too much stress on our system at at once. Uh, but yeah, people will be able to withdraw like both the currency that they, they, they want to withdraw or deposit as well. It, it works in, in the two, two directions. So I want honesty from you. Uh, from a technical perspective, you know, do you find that it's easier to support certain currencies versus others? You know, my, my biased assumption is that Bitcoin is the easiest to, to support um, with, you know, maybe some others being a little bit more difficult, but I'm not actually running the tech. So I'm curious what you're seeing. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there are many elements around uh, supporting a, a currency. There is like uh, the, the full node or the validator side, there is the, the wallet side, there, there is all the uh, smart contract parts on, on Ethereum. Um, I think on the full node side, I will say Bitcoin is definitely, you know, the one of the most advanced. It's been running for, for you know, years now. Um, and we have multiple version on multiple language. And so people have, you know, implemented any kind of, Patch they could find and performance optimization they could find. Um, we we don't support like you know uh, some some of the newer currency at Robinhood yet, but for sure in my past experience, like some of the new projects when you when you get the full node, it's it's very difficult. Like they crash every every hours or they they fill your memory or they require like crazy hardware. Um, Bitcoin a full node on Bitcoin is pretty easy to 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 launch start almost any machine can support it. So that part is definitely one of the easiest parts for sure. I mean, how does that, I mean, can you give us some insight into into other coins that you've dealt with? Are there any horror stories or, uh, I mean, I, I understand if you can't divulge a lot, but. Not that Robinhood, like we, you know, all our coins are kind of uh, Bitcoin forks or uh, Ethereum and Ethereum forks and, Ethereum in some ways is a big one for Um So I, I think at this point, it's we haven't seen like crazy oral story uh, at, at Robinhood. Um, I definitely have oral story from, from my past life, but um, it, I, I think it's also normal, you know, like when you when you launch a project from scratch, like I, I worked at the layer one company, um, it's hard to think about every single aspect where, you know, Bitcoin did that for, for 10 years now. And so, um, there is a lot more time to build a system that, that is stable and can work correctly. So, I mean, I'm kind of curious going back to crypto being a part of someone's personal finance and Robinhood just being a finance, like a center for all a person's finance. Like, how, like, do you see a world where in Robinhood there could be stock to Bitcoin trading pairs and things like that? I mean, uh, how far does this go? Again, for me, like it's very interesting to think of like, hey, I have these stocks. I could liquidate that, put it into Bitcoin, withdraw that Bitcoin. That's, I mean, that's a very interesting functionality to me. And it's a definitely differentiated. I'm just kind of curious to what extent do you, like does Robinhood kind of see crypto and Bitcoin integrating into one's traditional finance? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I can't talk about anything coming in, in the roadmap or maybe not coming, but um, at this point, we also have done, we, we don't, we, we have zero commission, zero percent commission or anything like that. So if you wanted to do that, if you want to, you know, you have Bitcoin, you want to sell it, you want to buy Tesla right after, you, you can do it and it won't cost you anything. Um, and, and that's really where we are excited about it to have this one app where you can do everything that you need. You don't need to transfer money between your crypto marketplace to your uh, uh, equities marketplace. And so everything can be in, in one place. And on top of that, we don't charge, uh, like we, we don't charge any commission. So we are really focusing on, you know, making sure that the customer is getting the best price. Um, and we are trying to also expand the way you can invest. Like we don't want you to um, always have to force yourself into one mode specifically. So we're offering multiple options. For example, we just launched uh, recurring um, a few weeks ago where you can basically decide, you know, every day, every week, every month, how much you want to spend and how much you want to uh, buy in crypto and we'll make, place a market order. And again, we launched it with 0% commission uh, where you know some of our competition is still charging like one to four percent on every single small amount that you're trying to invest uh, in crypto. So for us, yeah, we we are trying to make what we did with equities, uh, and we want to make it uh, on on crypto as well, basically, um, and in a way that fits your need. Um, like one of the things that we did, for example, is uh, taxes. Like we were one of the first app to offer you a 1099 that you can just plug into uh, TurboTax or whatever system you use for your taxes. Um, like at the time where I was investing in crypto, I had to do all these spreadsheets, convert them, send them to my uh, TurboTax account. Like that thing will take me like three or four hours. Um, but we don't want to do that for our user. We just want them to, you know, feel uh, that they can invest into this, uh, this new asset without worrying too much. Um, and yeah, maybe the last thing I will add also is, uh, I don't know if you saw the news, but we just launched 24 uh, seven uh, live support where you don't talk to a bot, you don't, you know, you actually talk to a real person and they can help you into this system. And so um, if you have a question about your crypto holdings or how the trading is, system is working, you can just call them and they can answer you. So all this kind of stuff, I think, makes it in a way where we think crypto is not just a small piece of our business. Like we really think we, uh, we want to give the same support for equities or for crypto or for any investment we'll have on the platform. Interesting. All right. I mean, again, uh, I'm very curious to see how it all fits together and, and, you know, where Robinhood as a fintech platform continues to evolve. Uh, going back to kind of your personal Bitcoin crypto thesis, like, again, I would say we are in a bull market. Um, we saw, we are seeing Bitcoin with some very spirited price action right now and uh, going into the winter, which is typically historically on a four-year cycle. Um, when things get exciting. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, do you think about Bitcoin cycles? Uh, do you think about bull markets? Um, you know, where, where does Bitcoin crypto fit on a macro perspective in terms of like where things are going? Yeah, I, I, th I think personally, I, I don't really think about cycles. I'm, I'm, I'm still somewhat young. And so I still think I have some time to see the, the assets grow. Um, and so, 
you know, the, the few times I'm trying to time the market, I'm, I'm usually wrong anyway. So I <laughs> just hold and hope for the best. And so far it's been working. Um, so I, I think for me, that's, uh, that's how I, I see things. Um, I, I definitely, you know, until now it was four year cycle. I, I think I, I'm wondering if this cycle is going to accelerate a lot more because it's, it's so in the news now it's, it's everywhere. Like I, I feel like you can't, um, you can turn on the TV and watch CNBC without hearing about Bitcoin or about crypto or about the new platform. You, you didn't have that like five or six years ago, or even 2017, like when the, the last big bull run, like th there was a lot of success story around ICOs and all this stuff, but you wouldn't see like all this institution coming in. So I think, you know, like Thanksgiving coming up and, and all the, the end of year holidays, people are going to start talking a, a bit more about crypto at, at the table. Um, and so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, there is still a lot of interest in crypto coming next year. Bitcoiners, I am so excited to tell you about the Bitcoin 2022 conference. You guys, Bitcoin 2021 was absolutely a smash hit success. It was over 13,000 Bitcoiners coming together, breaking the barriers on who can come together and celebrate freedom, celebrate Bitcoin, and the energy was absolutely electric. Unfortunately, it was just oversubscribed. There's just people flowing out everywhere. And this year we are learning, we are making the conference bigger and better. We are moving over to the Miami Beach Convention Center, and we are going to be throwing a massive four-day festival for Bitcoin, celebrating Bitcoin, bringing together the greatest minds in Bitcoin and the greatest businesses in Bitcoin. And lastly, the culture of Bitcoin all together. We have a four-day extravaganza planned for you guys for Bitcoin 2022. Uh, day one is going to be industry day. It is a day where you can buy a special ticket in order to uh, just mingle and make business deals happen. Day two and three is going to be a full-blown Bitcoin conference. This is our main conference. This is going to be on April 7th and 8th. And then lastly, we have the Sound Music Festival day four. Imagine going to Coachella. But for Bitcoin, there's going to be very few talks. It's going to be all about the culture of Bitcoin. It's going to be all about hanging with your fellow plebs. And it's going to be an absolutely amazing time. There's going to be Bitcoin musicians, Bitcoin artists, and all your favorite Bitcoiners and just an amazing environment to party and just see it all, soak it all in, and to get people to realize that a Bitcoin world, a world filled with Bitcoin people doing Bitcoin things is the world that they want to live in. That's what Bitcoin 2022 is all about. That is what the Bitcoin conference is all about. That's what Bitcoin magazine is all about. So it is going to be a celebration of Bitcoin, the Bitcoiners, and this amazing movement that is going to make the world a better place. Go to b.tc forward slash conference. Learn more about the Bitcoin conference. Learn more about all the amazing things that are happening in Miami around the Bitcoin conference and buy your tickets. And guess what? If you buy your bit tickets with Bitcoin, you save $100 on all the tickets and $1,000 on the whale pass. So if you want the VIP pass, the, the big kahuna, if you buy with Bitcoin, you save $1,000. That's a lot of stats. So go and do it right now today. Don't wait. Prices are only going up. This is going to be a can't miss event. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I, I would say that for sure, Bitcoin is becoming a much more mature and um, 
even like legitimate asset. Like, whereas like even the last cycle, 2017, it was very much an illegitimate asset. I still think there's an enormous amount of misunderstanding and the amount of newbies to enthusiasts or expert is still out white weighed, like probably like 99.9% to 0.1%. But, um, so, you know, maybe we can continue to see the traditional hype cycles, but I wouldn't be shocked if some point in the next 10 years, the cycle breaks per se. And, uh, and it, you know, it's no longer kind of part of this, like Bitcoin having story is, is kind of like the price action dom the dominating story around price action. Um, I guess, yeah, I do you have any predictions about that? Like when does Bitcoin take over the world? I guess. Um, I, you know, I don't know about when it takes over the world or when you reach 1 million or whatever. Like I actually don't, care as much about this kind of prediction but what i love to see right now is how much impact it has on other industries like you know right now clean energy for example there's a lot of talks about how crypto is helping clean energy be be developed and you you kind of see it like in the way where everyone moved to to some states where the the energy is kind of um very cheap uh, in part because of of clean energy and that I think is is one of the most exciting things. Is like you start seeing crypto not just being like this thing that people don't really understand, and that it's kind of a point by the finger. And now it's actually helping us as as a human uh, race to to develop and to evolve into uh, into the future. Um, but I I definitely agree with what you said. I think the cycle is gonna break pretty soon. Like it it like I said before, it's so everywhere in the news now, and and people are actually starting to learn about it and understand it. Um, I, I, there is no way that we keep going this, this four-year cycle. It's way too slow. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And I'm really glad that you brought up energy. I want to say it's Bitcoin specifically that is a big player in the energy realm, not just crypto generally. Most crypto is saying we don't like proof of work. Um, but when it comes to uh, crypto, Bitcoin, and the energy markets, I think it's going to be huge, absolutely massive. And honestly, like with all the things that are happening in the environment today, like we need a change, like something needs to give here with how we generate energy, how we distribute it, how we use it. And I really do think that, you know, Bitcoin can be a very interesting piece in that solution. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, you know, I think proof of work, proof of stake um, and all the the 20,000 consensus, they, they all have pros and cons. Um, and, and, you know, proof of work has some issues as well, like with the, the ASIC, uh, the, the way that it's concentrated in, in some places and it's so difficult to, to get them. But I think the, the advantage with Bitcoin is uh, we had so much time to kind of get ready to, to it that now I, I don't see it as such a big issue. And so I think um, I, I'm totally bullish on that part for sure. Yep, we've reached escape velocity, if you will. Um, so uh, again, I, I'm pretty bullish. Um, I know you, you know you're not into the short-term predictions. You're a long-term thinker here. But uh, um, any bull market price predictions, like maybe a top prediction. Again, you probably hate the predictions, but the guests, the, the audience loves the predictions. So I'm going to start out first, and I say, you know, if there is a top, then it's whatever price is going to make the hodler sell. So something mind blowing. But I'm going to pass it over to you. Uh, yeah, I have no idea to be honest. I, I also, I don't think I'm allowed to, to give investment advice or anything like that. So I, I don't think I can give you a price, but I think, All right. 
I, I'm just, yeah, like I said, I feel we, we are still at the beginning of the adventure. And so, you know, to me, I, I want to own a piece of the future. <laughs> All right. So owning, owning part of Bitcoin, owning crypto is a piece of the future. Um, Johan, thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. Uh, I know you have a lot of people who want to learn more about your product. Uh, your your wallet, your trading platform is one of the biggest by far um, in terms of importance in the Bitcoin space. So um, and user count in the Bitcoin space. So um, it's really exciting to hear that an OG is building it and that um, you have this kind of vision for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So uh, really exciting to have you. Yeah, no, super excited to add this interview and um, it was great to meet you finally in person. I've been listening quite, for quite some time, so uh, it's, it's nice to see your face. And um, yeah, thanks so much for having, having me. Yeah, absolutely. And then I don't know, are you on Twitter? Uh, where, where can people find more about you if they want to keep, keep track of, of what's happening maybe with you or, or Robinhood in general? Yeah, I think you can follow Robin on Twitter. I, I have a very empty Twitter account. I, I'm one of these guys that, uh, you know, care about privacy. <laughs> um, but we, we share a lot on Robin on uh, Twitter account. All right. Well, perfect. Yeah, keep your OPSEC uh, nice and tight. You, you know exactly how important that is. Um, and to all the Bitcoiners, uh, keep an eye on what is happening with Robinhood. Um, you know, regardless of what you think, it's, you know, one of the most impactful Bitcoin companies out there, companies with Bitcoin users. Um, so uh, really glad, again, that they're building out this functionality and that they have a user mindset, you know, in mind when when rolling out this stuff. And I really hope, you know, the wallet is going to be a massive success for Robinhood. Uh, but until then, keep an eye out for all the latest on Bitcoin Magazine. And you can follow me at CK underscore Snarks. So uh, don't be afraid to, to give me that much deserved follow. Uh, but until then, peace. Yep.